You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. We are live on The Benchcast, and today we are talking down season programming. And that's because you hate the term off season. Yeah, I hate the term off season. I've noted that before. That to me implies that you are taking time off and or lazy or and or are not bringing intensity to your training and I don't like that. Um, you know, that's the general uh, thoughts I have towards that word off season. I don't like it. I think it's because I relate it more to bodybuilding, and I know to bodybuilders. I mean, of course, they're not going to say that's shredded year-round usually, but, you know, you usually see them get kind of fat. And then I read the magazines, they actually stopped training for a period of time. You know that? Kevin Lavroni was famous they for, They go, like, like, six months without doing nothing. Kevin Lavroni was famous for, like, training three months before a show. And, like, coming in and, and just, just, like... doing what he needs to do to win. Insane condition. See, I don't... From a powerlifting perspective, you can't afford to take that time off and just come back and do it. So, I think that's where it bothers me. It started with uh, how bodybuilders use the term off-season. So, uh, before we get started, Nina Haral says hello from Leeds, England. Leeds, England. How we... What is her name? Nina? Nini Haral. Nini. How we doing, Nini? Um... Yeah, we we have never filled a podcast in the afternoon. It's like night. It's like, uh, what, 6.30 p.m. or so from us? You're a liar. What? We uh, film with Zach at night. Once. Once. But normally we're filming at, I don't even remember that. <laughs> we film at, um, usually it's like, what? Uh, like 10, 10, 11. 10 in the morning. So, I mean, hopefully we get some new people tuning in that normally can't join us because of work or whatever. Um, it's Tuesday night. So, hopefully that works out. So, hello to you, Nini, from uh, from the UK. I got some, some people I coach in the UK. Some people are part of our team. and um, I have not been, but, <clears throat> you know. You guys dump tea in our water, or we dump tea in the water in protest of you. Uh, but, you know, it's all under the bridge now to me. So, we're good. Anyways, so uh, we got off-season versus down-season. I explained why I don't like the term off-season. So, I think the next best thing would be to call it a down-season. I think that, um, you know, it symbolizes what this is about a little bit. It's a time where we are not going to be as aggressive and I'm going to talk about that focus in a second right after this swig of coffee for the working man if you're not familiar if you're tuning in for the first time uh, if anyone posts a coffee emoji we have to drink alright I specifically brewed this coffee just to have it on air today um, you know I don't really want it but I'm, I have it in case anyone hits me with a coffee emoji because I'm not going to be caught off guard um, so sip of coffee for the working man mm. You know, it's my afternoon cup. You need to keep me going. Oh, uh, we got to get some coffee from Lau. Lau's strength. Hit us with coffee. Sip of coffee for the working man. And he also wants to know, when are we sending Garrison to the Paralympics? Uh, I'm not sure when the Garrison is uh, planning to do that. I know he has to go overseas sometime uh, next year. I don't know. That whole thing's confusing to me. He's got to do like a... He's got all his qualifying stuff. I don't know if he, he didn't officially do the last one either, but I think he has some more opportunities to do some. I'm not sure. But it's a good amount of money you got to toss up for that shit. Take it over. There'll be a flight over there. It's like well, thousands it, of dollars. It's going to get weird, but if anyone can do it, it's going to be the uh, mayor of New York City. 
yeah, and I think uh, I think he's doing good now with his thing. So, um, you know, he's going to be in a commercial for the Super Bowl, um, a Budweiser commercial, where I don't think there's one Budweiser in the commercial, which kind of pisses me off, but it should be inspirational. Listen, <laughs> G-Money was in a Mickey D's commercial, I believe. Hand the guy a Budweiser. He's in a Budweiser <laughs> commercial. Someone's got to give him a Budweiser. Unreal. All right. So... I'm going to start talking about uh, the differences here. Now, we posted this up. This was something I filmed for our VIP members in our group there. and um, This was something that, that seemed to be something uh, people resonated well with because it's tough coming off of meat. It's a tough time. You don't usually have another meat on schedule. Um, you know, you're left with things to work on, not a lot of weight to lift because we're trying to... Um, dial the intensity down a little bit so uh you know it's a time where it's a little bit tough mentally you can kind of fall out of groove you can start not training as diligently um you know we don't want that to happen but we have to know when to dial it back how to change our training so from a focus uh, uh, towards your training perspective all right what's going to change in your training you're going from a period where you're focused on numbers all right everything you were doing before this is all focused on establishing meat numbers reaching meat numbers training with those meat numbers you have to focus on the performance during that time you're coming from that time and now you're getting thrown into where I tell my athletes I could care less what the hell you lift in terms of weight lifted. You know, that matters zero to me. You know, obviously I want you to continue to do well, um, lift with a good weight for the volume you're doing, but it's not about the weight you're using. I care much more about the execution. I'm going to really harp on someone's video. I'm going to be like, you need to execute this better. We're going to focus on technique a lot. But it's a phase where we're going to focus highly on execution, not the numbers uh, that are being lifted. Got a question from uh, Powerlifting Otaku. Ben, have you ever trained at Westside Barbell? If not, would you ever consider trying out? I think it would be awesome to bench for some of the best of the best in the midst of Louis himself. Uh, I have not personally been there. Um, I I really don't have any interest to go there. Uh, it would be cool, but uh, it's just not really something that interests me. Um, and I don't think you need to try out per se. I, I, you could just go if you want. Um, I think anyone can just go. Uh, it's a little hidden away, but... Um, you know, I don't. You have a specific time those groups train, to my knowledge, and the rest of the time, actually, to is surprising. Usually, probably, I think ninety percent of his gym is is not even powerlifters. It's just uh, mostly athletes and, and whatnot. And um, <clears throat> you know, it's definitely you walk in, and I'm sure you get those vibes of a hardcore, intense environment, but. Um, you know, I don't think you're. I don't think it's going to be to that level. It's not like it was back in the day. I'm sure um, it would be something cool to do, but uh, I'm just. I don't. I'm interested in doing some other things right now. And then there's the issue. But I have not been there. No, they won't let you back in Ohio. So, well, it's, it was just because I made one. <laughs> I made one podcast where I said there's nothing over there. But you see my post today. I set up a bench clinic with someone in uh, North Dakota. 
Uh, we do have a sign up for that. It's awesome. I didn't know people live in North Dakota. There's actually <laughs> there's no direct flight to North Dakota. I had to look up where it was on a map. So uh, I was like, if there's anyone out there and you want to sign up, you could use the link below. But I don't know if there's people there or not. I'm hoping this CrossFit, uh, you know, has enough that are interested in the event because I have no idea um, of who anyone that lives out there. Uh, And I don't know why you would move there. Well, Shawnee Fagan wants to confirm that North Dakota is a real place because he has been there. North Dakota is real. It's real. Uh, well, it's, I don't know. What would you go to North Dakota for? Because I don't know what the hell's out there. I had to look it up, I'll be honest with you. I figured it was in the middle, but I realized now no. it's at the top. <laughs> I'm going in March, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Lao Strength. Wait, Shawnee spent New Year's in North Dakota. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that's well, a- I think Shawnee lived out that, that area like that way. For some time. Also from Lyle. He, was, he drove the open plain fields. I know that. Also from Lyle, do you ever want to have a 1,000-pound equipped squat on that resume of yours? Um, yeah, well, that's going to happen. I think that's pretty standard nowadays. I'll tell you, my friend, that'll happen. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to compete at high levels of multiply, you better be opening around 1,000. Uh, that's just kind of today's standards. It's like the 700-pound deadlift raw of, of years before. Um, you know, it used to be something you'd never see in meets. I remember uh, starting out, I would never see a 700-pound deadlift. That was like you see it once in a meet. It was awesome. Um, now it's like it would be weird if you didn't see that. Uh, a lot of people are hitting 700s. So it would be cool if you see an 800, but uh, even that, it's it's crazy how it progresses. But, yeah, in terms of multiply, I mean, if you want to compete at high levels, 1,000, you you got to be opening with that. It's just Otherwise, you're just not going to probably be there. So Shawnee said uh, everyone in the bar had cowboy hats on except him, so I think you might need to invest on that for your uh, trip there. All right, well, that's good knowledge to know. I'll, I'll rock a cowboy hat. I'm good with that. I got the boots already. And uh, is parallel is learning curve big for someone wanting to go from raw to just single ply? Uh, well, yeah, um, it's gonna be just as big as if you were to go to multiply. To be honest, which uh, I mean, it's not gonna change too much. It's still a shirt. Um, you know, it's gonna be a little more forgiving. You're gonna have an easier time being able to work it down to your chest, but it's still a completely different thing. Um, so there is going to be a big learning curve. I think something that will help curb that a bit is the Bench Freak Band that Rich Putnam sells at BenchFreak.com. Uh, that's a very good tool to help that transition because you can groove like a shirt with that tool. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. So don't go into it expecting it to just be like a quick thing. I would buy a um, either a Rajex or probably a um, Super Katana and a uh, single ply version and I would get it loose to start and just work from there. All right, uh, we're going to take a, a break here quick from the questions. If any come in there, Elvis, just uh, let me know what's going on yep. after. Uh, we're going to get back to uh, the podcast of, uh, we've said focus on the training. So the phase we were just in is all about numbers. Now we're going to a phase all about the execution. So I could care less about, again, the weight that you're lifting during this time, and I care more about how you're executing it because a lot of times I'm going to have things like uh, three-count pauses, feet up, three-count pause benches. I'm going to have pause squats. Uh, I'm going to have variations of lifts, um, You know, things that are going to challenge you to maintain, keep position, snatch grip, block pulls, things like that for that nature. Um, things that are going to give you a real challenge 
okay? And, uh, you know, I don't really care what weight you end up with. I just want it to be challenging, and I want the execution to be there. So, for example, if you do feet up, three-count pause bench, the three-count pause turns into a regular pause, and the feet up is you lifting your ass off the bench. We literally did nothing. That was a huge waste of everyone's time. Um, So... If we actually kept our feet there, we didn't lift our butt up in the air, and we actually held it with good tightness for a three count um, without sinking the bar or anything, we got a lot out of that workout. And whether you had 185 or you had 215, I could really care less uh, if the execution's in place. We're going to get the training effect that we're looking to get. Now we switch over to, that's a focus in training, but what's going to be different about our focus mentally? All right, and this was something that really resonated with a lot of people, I think, when we brought this up to our VIP group. And um, the focus mentally is that you should allow yourself to to take a, a break because when you're not in training, though, I mean, you're still doing your regular training, but you should take a mental break from thinking about your training all the time because you're going to get into this zone where when you're getting ready for a meet, you're constantly thinking about the next session, the next number you're trying to hit. It's just there's a lot of um, pressure and, and that goes along with that. And a lot, you like really have to dedicate yourself to it. It's not something that you just briskly do you know you don't just stumble into having an awesome meet you know you really got to put some focus towards it you're going to be doing things differently during this time prioritizing this phase okay um so taking a mental break is going to be key or else you're going to lead to burnout you know you focus so much getting ready for this meet if you don't give yourself a mental break you're 100 percent going to burn yourself out um you know eventually eventually if you don't okay and what i mean by a mental break is um allowing yourself the time to think about other things you know focus on hobbies you know focus on family time or something you know you don't have to be all distraught if you miss your workout it's not like your meat prep give yourself a, a break i mean a lot of the people i coach now, if you're dedicated, you're hardcore, you don't miss a session, that's fine. But that's not the attitude that I adopt. Um, you know, it, it should be like all the people I coach, they have other shit going on. You know, training is not their number one priority by any means. Um, you know, it's high up there, but it's not their number one. I'm sure, you know, doing something with their kids is probably going to take much precedence over a training session. So that should be the case. Maybe a meet peak um you know when you're in that type of phase maybe you have to make some sacrifices maybe you can't do this thing because you know you have a meetup coming and you have to hit this session you got to take a break you got to dial it back after that meet right you got to do other things so if, if you have a session plan right but I don't know, kids want to go to the park that day or something. Um, You know, do the other things. It's not the end of the world. I would usually um, put modify the days and mix uh, squat with bench, for example. We'll we'll get the work in, but don't be all stressed about having to get each specific session in. So give yourself a mental break. Allow yourself the chance to break mentally, okay? Um, You have anything to roll in? Any questions in specific? Uh, not about off-season stuff, but we do have some questions. I was hit up a couple questions here. So we, we hit our focuses of the different phase. What I'm going to be transitioning into next is what I do with programming when we come off of a uh, meet peak, right? We're getting ready for a meet, and then what we do in the down season for programming. 
Okay, from Wild Strength, curious on your opinions of PEDs and powerlifting. Are you for it or against it? Um, I'm I'm definitely for something like that. And uh, that would be for any sport uh, because I don't like putting limitations on anything. Uh, you know, when it comes to, like, baseball, for example, Barry Bonds' error, I want to see the biggest, baddest dudes slamming homers. You know what I mean? And it's... It's like anything. You, you, someone's going to find access to it anyway. Just allow it. Everyone has a level playing field. It is what it is. And um, that's so be it. That's that's what I would like to see. Um, you know, if you don't want to use those, then that's so be it there. That's, that's your choice as well. So it is what it is. I think my biggest issue is the people who do end up taking things and compete in strictly drug-tested. You know, because, like, if you're in the in an open category, compete in the open category, you get what you get. But if you're going strictly drug tested because you want to avoid that, then it's just and you know that it's a is, whole mess. That's probably pretty rampant. And you'd say across pro sports as well. I say that's something uh, that is pretty rampant. Um, I think a lot of people are easily finding ways to to skate around. Uh, drug tests and whatnot. I actually was listening to Pat McAfee has a podcast there. Uh, Pat McAfee, you know the Colts punter there. Oh, we and all know. Was, yeah, he was talking about how, like, the drug test, how people kind of skate around that, and um, um, you know, like when they have to do the pee tests and whatnot, like they have to catch you like three different phases of your taking a pee in front of someone like they gotta get the initial like the mid of it and then like the end like someone's gotta visually see that or something and it's like it could be multiple times like you know he was saying like all the time he's so used to going to a hotel having to drop trousers in front of everyone but uh, I thought it was interesting (laughs) but yeah I would just just allow it and be done with it then it won't bring up problems um, like that I'm there with you I wanna see some home runs so yeah, especially baseball. I, w- I just want to see monsters hit you know, huge dingers. I remember staying up um, when he was going for that home run record, Barry Bonds there. And, uh, man, I was into it. Like, I've never been into baseball. You know, they would uh, go from whatever they were showing on TV to Barry Bonds at bat. And that dude, he just looked intimidating. Just that monster come up. You knew he was probably, he would, I think it was like every other at bat, he was hitting like a dinger. Or every other game, if you break it down, he had like, what, almost 80 dingers. Every other game, he's hitting a dinger. Unreal. Unreal. So, uh, last question, then we'll get back to the off season. Do you steer clients away from planting with toes instead of flat foot heel drive? What's your take on this technique? Uh, toes back versus feet flat? Yep. yep. Um <laughs> I wouldn't say I steer them away. Uh, if they, I, I take what they do coming to me. So if they already bench feet flat, then I would just coach them how I would normally coach them and, and get that up to speed. But uh, I let's say let's put it this way: <clears throat> if someone comes to me toes back, I'm not going to tell them they have to change. I'm just going to show them um, what to do with that. But <clears throat> I'm not going to take someone that's feet flat and usually put them toes back. <clears throat> that makes sense. All right. I'm going to be more apt to take someone at toe back and get them to do something feet flat because I do think there's some additional benefits there. Um, but I'm typically not going to take someone that's feet flat and put them in a toes back position. That would be very rare for me to do. You know, right. But I'm not, I'm not against uh, the toes back by any means. All right. Uh, so we're getting to um, the priorities here. 
of down season programming. So kind of like last podcast, if you listened, it was on meat peaking. It was a really good one to check out, right? And uh, you know, we even you have a chance. Uh, you even have probably a day or two, depending on when this gets up. To um, we have a code in there. If you listen to that podcast, you can get our meat peaking program fifty percent off. That code is active until Friday night, so go back and listen to the last podcast. So if you're live, I mean, you got a head start on that. If you want to listen to the last one, and um, if you're hearing this for the first time or whenever I post it, uh, you have, probably have a day. But Friday, it's gone. Anyways, um, I'm going to outline <clears throat> what we generally do with programming. Okay, uh, so starting off. What's the first thing I'm going to do with someone when they come off of me? I'm going to discuss what their future goals are. You know, what would they like to accomplish? Um, you know, what what do you want to do as a lifter? Like, what's your three-year plan? If you look down the road three years from now, what would you like to be doing? What meets would you like to be doing? Do you want to be in a position maybe you can earn win some money? You know, there's not really any money meets, but would you like to be in that type of position? Um, where do you want to rank? Uh, do you want to be real competitive? Like, you know, all this stuff. You know, what do you want to be doing? <clears throat> or do you want to still be doing the same local meets you're doing, just pushing heavier numbers? Do you want to stay raw? Do you want to try knee wraps? Do you want to qualify for some bigger meets? All that stuff we take into account. Um, you know, I'll try to get a feel <clears throat> if they haven't already alluded to me of what they would want to do next then I'm going to try to get a feel for what they want to do next. And everyone's a little bit different with that. But uh, I, I do want to have a good understanding of what their goals are going forward. All right. Then the next thing would be to have uh, an assessment of what we need to do in the future. Okay. What needs to be done to get stronger and to get to that place we need to be. For example, um, we have an athlete. Her name is Libby. She's fantastic, and, and she uh, wants to do bigger meets. I, I told her, I was like, hey, you know, you're doing really well, and, um, you know, I could potentially see you qualifying for a larger event uh, if you continue to push your numbers, but you're probably going to have to get a knee wraps to get that extra boost to compete with people. Um, so are you interested in pushing to the next level or would you rather just continue pushing weight how you are now and stick to the meets you're doing? And she said she would be down for doing a bigger meet and qualifying for something like that. So I said, okay, so we got to learn knee wraps. So that cycle, we started putting knee wraps on her and um, getting her accustomed to that. Um, you know, kind of tested where she's at. And now we're getting ready for a meet uh, that is going to be raw with wraps. So that's just an example of how we'll kind of take a lifter, assess their goals, and then, you know, figure out kind of a game plan from there. You know, what needs to be done. So so an athlete that might be having some issues, like uh, one of our athletes, another guy, fantastic, Adam. Um, <clears throat> he's awesome, and he has some mobility restrictions and things, and uh, his knees been bothering him and whatnot. And, you know, big thing important for him. Um, going forward, he would eventually like to transition over to, to doing some multiply stuff and whatnot. And, um, you know, we're going to get him in wraps this upcoming cycle. And, uh, you know, the big thing was we really want to assess where he's at mobility-wise. And we want to assess after where he is. And we want to see improvement there. We need to see improvement because some of these restrictions are starting to affect his lifts. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll only get worse if we don't really take care of it. But he's done the due diligence of going out, getting help with a PT, because we know that's something that's going to help him um, to get to where he wants to be. Okay. 
So it's things like that that we'll do right after meet. Um, so going after that, uh, in terms of programming, right, let's say first thing would be, let's take a look at warm-ups. Warm-ups will be a bit longer, okay? And, um, you know, I know it's already going to be kind of a long session, so not longer in the terms of, uh, you just have to do more to get ready because you're, you're lifting this super heavy weight, but um, you're going to have more volume. You're going to put in more stretching and mobility. It's, it's a time where you can take more on the warm-up side of things and work on the restrictions that you have. Like, listen, if you're going into a meat peak, you're only going to do so much mobility before. It's time to perform. You know, just do what you need to do to get yourself to do what you need to do in the training. Um, when we're in a um, down season type phase, let's add some different stuff in there. Let's take care of some things. We we, we have time to do it a little bit more now. Uh, we're not going as heavy, so let's focus on some other areas. Now is the time to also take care of any like nagging things that have been bothering you in the past month or two. Yeah, yeah. Any any of that stuff. This is the time to take care of it. Uh, it's going to be less specific too. So. Uh, maybe you, you have a warm-up routine that's really specific to getting you ready to go for squats. Now, is maybe it's a little less specific. Maybe we're also working on because we really need to uh, you know take care of something in our upper back or whatever, right? So we do that on squat day, too. We, we just take a longer <clears throat> warm-up period, and we just hit more things that we know we need to work on. All right, so with our athletes... Um, <clears throat> Usually you'll see that warm-up period kind of extend, and, and that's going to include drills as well. Uh, some more mobility stuff, usually always a mobility thing in there, um, and then drills. And that that's like a, a banded drill thing. So we got a few things we do. You know, like for deadlifts, we're going to put a, a band around um, <clears throat> the bar, and uh, that's going to force someone to hold that, that bar in close to the body, right? And... Um, for squat, we're going to have bands around the upper back, so that's going to force someone to, to drive their back into the bar. They have to oppose the band tension, pulling them forward and down. Um, for the bench, we got a few. We got like the banded spread takeout, so uh, we're learning to use our lats to drag the bar into position, sink our shoulders, and get a good spread to the bar, get that shoulder activation, the stability there. Um, we're going to do those drills because we're working on technique um, that's prioritized during this phase is technique and a way to do that and show people, especially when I'm not there in person, uh, is through drills because then they can feel what I'm talking about. So we'll see a lot of those in the program. Uh, higher reps. Okay, in general, in the programming, there's going to be higher reps. This is a time where we're going to work on hypertrophy, most likely. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be a little different. Some I'm kind of just throwing into same kind of strength building they're still going to be testing some heavy days in the end of those phases but um usually that first phase especially especially if we have 16 weeks opposed to like 12 or 8 uh we are going to be doing a lot of high rep stuff so there's going to be some amraps a lot of amraps and um you know your testing day at the end you know you might be going for you know say like a, a max at like 80 percent or something or um you know doing a, an amrap and just seeing kind of what happens all right how many reps you can get so it's nothing like a max weight is almost more like max reps at that time now's the time to uh cultivate some mass yeah cultivate mass that's a good way to say it um 
and that's also it goes hand in hand with nutrition so i wanted to point that out nutrition goals okay um what are your are you trying to lose weight are you trying to maintain are you trying to actually gain um that would be the time to actually have the calories bump up a bit if you can because of all this hypertrophy work we want to take advantage of that ability to uh, build additional muscle um not that you necessarily won't in a deficit but um it's going to be much more valuable to try to gain a little bit during this time. It's also great because whenever you change uh, your rep scheme, your body will respond definitely, especially because you've been going through your peak. You've been like slamming heavy weights, you know, low reps. So now switching up moderate weight, higher reps is a really good time. Your body's primed to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think just because maybe you're losing weight that you change that scheme, but uh, I do think it can be valuable to gain into that but you know a lot of people right after me is the time to cut down to a new weight class there's a lot of work to be done so um you know for a lot of our athletes that's kind of when they're trying to slim up a bit get in a fight shape for the next one drop a weight class whatever the case may be and for those i don't handle their nutrition directly i do uh give them some recommendations and i do um you know follow up with them and whatnot but i give them um weight loss goals during the phase so for example um you know so like adam for example i I gave him we're we're targeting trying to to get down five pounds within the next phase you know he's trying to drop down a weight class i think he's already got to that point uh he's got some time so he's doing really well with that um but i give them like a weight loss goal based on you know what they have to get to how much time they have to do it you know someone who's maybe a little heavier uh, has more time I'll give them a more, um, or a little less time. Maybe I'll give them a bigger goal. We really have to get down to this weight by next phase. So, you know, that, that's always something we have to account for. Um, that's something that you should be looking for there is what you're trying to do with your nutrition there. And then building habits would be good too. Building habits uh, during that time. You know, it's not maybe um, you don't want to make a huge change at once. You know, you'd be good at explaining this, Elvis. Uh, you, I. You do that a lot, right? Small habit building stuff. Uh, you don't want to overload yourself at once, download a new app, get all your macros into place, and then completely change your diet to all greens. You want to build steady habits that are going to long uh, last long term. It's one of those things when you do like small things that are almost like imperceivable to you in like day to day. It makes it so much easier to stick to it long term. Especially now you're in the off season, you want to keep these good habits. You don't want to just abandon it like a fad. You want to like be in this for the long haul, not just for like the next two or three weeks. Well, um, without turning this into a nutrition podcast, I'm going to ask you what what was in the past. What has been one habit you have built? Uh, during the off-season phase, whether it's towards your training, doing something better there, or doing something better towards your nutrition? I think one of the big things is because I was always like an under-eater on protein, just like making sure and like keeping a range. And so for that range for me, is between like 180 and 220. And so that's much more flexible. And so I consistently hit that number instead of before when I was like strict, I need like 220. I'd barely hit it. And when I would hit like 190 or 180, which is probably fine for me, I'd feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. But keeping that, like <clears throat> keeping the range, keeping it there and doing it every day just really helped. And for me, like I was eating between 100 and 120. So getting at least 60 grams more wasn't a huge deal for me on day to day. Yeah, it was an easy to apply change. Easy. That's like two scoops away. That's that's about yeah. it. Uh, I'll give you one. 
Um, so this is, uh, this is a huge one, the one that now gets me into a lot of trouble. Uh, well, not trouble, but kind of pissed me off because I was got a comment about it. Um, but w- long ago, I was uh, competing at 198, but I would keep my weight around 220. So I was, I was maintaining, but I was at a point where I just wasn't eating enough during the day. I just, you know, I wasn't eating enough, plain and simple. I was at the gym morning, night, you know, I was spending a lot of time there. Um you know, so I was always there, but I never brought food with me, and uh, I just wasn't eating enough. And it wasn't that I was trying to gain, but I knew it was starting to affect my workouts if I just wasn't getting enough. And then maybe I wasn't losing weight, though, but um, it was a fact that I probably slowed my metabolism because I haven't been eating enough, and it was affecting my workouts if I didn't eat. So um, I made a simple habit change to <clears throat> if I'm going to work at the gym, I am going to have a meal packed with me. I'm going to have some sort of food with me. Uh, I'm going to make sure I don't step into there without something to, to eat. You know, that's going to be an eating time. I'm going to have something with me. So now that's still true today. But the thing is, um, a lot of the times I go to the gym, I need something quick. Like I have my some of my meals at home already prepared and stuff you know uh when i go there i want something easy to eat because it's hard to scarf down like a freaking chicken breast and and rice and i'm trying to coach people so i'm not trying to eat all day so i need something that's quick is enjoyable um so a lot of times what that turns into is like uh, chinese food or something and then i come in and, and usually get the chinese food on the same day so the same people at the same time see me eating chinese food every time they don't see me that often so i walk in all they think I do is eat Chinese food. And then in their mind, they're like, this guy eats Chinese food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day, every day. When it's like once a week at that one time. You got to switch up the days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just need to switch up the times. I got to like put it, I got to hide it. Because I get it on the way to the gym, so I'm not going to put it in storage until the night. You know, I'm going to eat it then. So it's always at the same time, every time. Everyone's got a comment on it. Give me a hard time about it. Listen. <laughs> People keep leftover Chinese food. I'm not about that. Hot, fresh, ready. There's like a time window. It's perfect. Absolutely. And I, I'm trying to gain some weight. So, sorry, your priorities are a little bit different than mine. Let me enjoy my Chinese food. All right. Moving on. Um, so, this is also time. Down season programming. We're going to have movement variations. We're warranted. Okay. So, it's not, not, I'm not just going to throw in... These crazy squat variations for the sake of it. You know, I'm not going to have everyone SSB front squat with a pause or with bands or something crazy like that just for the sake of doing something crazy. You know, there has to be some reason behind it. If I think someone really needs to develop their quads more because of how they squat, maybe they need to develop their posterior chain more. You know, we're going to do this type of work. I still don't get the reason why everyone's doing Jefferson's. I've never programmed Jefferson squat in my life. And I've I have not done it. I've never seen the need to do one. It's a fad right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how that applies to bodybuilding. I just don't see how you get good ass activation from that. Like you're hitting yourself in the sack with a bar every time. It just can't be good. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So I'm just not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna use movement variations at this time because we're not trying to um, have such high level specificity you know if we're going into a meet we're trying to do good at the back squat and we're going to back squat you know we're not going to do a bunch of crazy bullshit um but i'm going to have variations where i think it could help out the lifter so if i think they could get something out of doing an ssb squat paused and whatever i'll have them do that you know so 
uh, I'll take that into account. It's got to be warranted. I really like the um, down season for, <clears throat> excuse me, programming specialty bars. Yeah, specialty bars. Um, you know, stuff you wouldn't use close to a meet just because you want to really be specific with what you're doing. You don't have time to, you know, near a meet, I might take out some of the secondary stuff. I'll take out the fourth day. You know, it's really specific to, um, oh, that coffee hit me. <laughs> Let's dial in what you need to do uh, to get ready for the meet, and let's not worry about that other fluff shit. And I really wouldn't underestimate the power of novelty in your trading. Like, you know, being able to throw uh, a duffalo bar in for your bench or an SSB for your squat or a zombie hand squat. If yeah. You, you know, if, so you get so focused on just straight bar, squat, bench, deadlift. Adding in the, some of this stuff can be a little fun. Well, yeah, the, duff, the duffalo bar. Yeah, well, you, you're talking about just from a fun perspective. That's, that's I important. Mean, training-wise, of course. You get different benefit from all these bars. But just if you're excited to train again, especially when you didn't have that great a peak, you know? That's huge. And, you know, I've, that's things that I try to I'll go over my lifters. I'll say, hey, is there anything you want to see in the programming? Like, do you have anything access to anything maybe I'm not using or something? And, you know, that's some things that I've kind of effed up, too. Like, um... Trey's man move bar. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just going to even... I was going <laughs> to bring up our athlete, Trey. Um, you know, he had a really tough transition after me into what he's doing now. Um, he kind of lost a little motivation. He didn't like the training I was given, you know, and I, I can't blame him because everyone's going to be different. Uh, he just wasn't... It was a four days a week, so he kept that same amount. Um, you know, he's busy with work. He, he's not going into a meet, so he's just kind of going through the motions. It was a lot of high reps. Um, you know, there's some high-intense stuff in there, though, but he's not lifting as much weight as he was going into the meet. Uh, you know, obviously, we're not in a peak phase. We're not going to be as strong as we were at the meet. You know, it's not expected, but... Um, I, uh, you know, he, he brought that up, you know, some things I took out RP stuff didn't work out well for him. Uh, he just wanted to hit a percentage and be done. So what I did, I took it down to three days a week. I really simplified the training day itself. Um, you know, I was like, does this, does this seem like a fun workout? Like what, what are we getting at here? And, um, you know, I simplified it a lot. I made it, uh, really nonspecific to the weight used and, uh, you know, from checking with him, uh, as far as I know, he's, he's really enjoying it now. Um, and he has a totally different mindset on the training. It's easier for him. It's more simple. He gets it done quicker. Um, and that's what he needed. And, you know, uh, I had to find that out after a little bit. So you know, now I know going forward, maybe we'll approach it that way next time, depending on uh, everyone's going to be different. So that's just, that's just an instance. And, you know, I have to up that he didn't have a bamboo bar. <laughs> We're kind of a funny story because uh, on the system we use for coaching, if someone posts a photo, um, for some reason I don't get notified. Uh, if they leave anything else, if it's a video or text or anything, I get notified. But for some reason, if you post a photo, uh, I just I don't see a notification, which is really weird and dumb. But he, when we started working together, it was around love Christmas or Christmas time and he uh, posted a photo of this new bamboo bar his wife got him for Christmas and he's super excited about it you know he heard how much it was going to help him I was telling him whatever and um, so he's excited to get after with his bamboo bar right he posts a photo he's like hey coach Ben I got this bamboo bar now if you want to put that in use um, so we'll, we'll go like eight months later all right eight months later he comes by flies by New York he trains with me right and he got this bamboo bar over there in a the corner I got. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to show you the bamboo bar. And I break it out and everything. And I'd be like, this would be great for your training. And I'd be like, you got to get this bar. And then he's he's like, 
he's just kind of staring at me and he's like what do you mean I posted a photo I got this bar my wife got it for Christmas or whatever you know? and then uh, and then we got to the conclusion that I did not get notified of that picture. He brought the picture up, and I was like, oh, shit. And I'm, like, showing him, like, he doesn't have it. I'm like, you got to get this bar. It's the best thing. <laughs> and I like, I was like, shit, man, we could have used this the whole time. Um, but, hey, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put that to use. Um, but, uh, anyways, yeah, it, that's, uh, you know, that's that's why communication's key with the athletes, especially, you know, online stuff is so tough. It's so tough to approach, um, you know, the way we run it with a couple different apps, and I, I try to keep communication as high as I can. You know, we, we do the best we can. Communication is everything, especially in the online space. Um, in person, it's so much easier to do everything. But, um, you know, I think we do a pretty good job with, with what we got uh, for the online stuff. But, you know, trying to use any, um, you know, all the technology is good now. All the technology is way better. And this wasn't even a thing back in the day. So, uh, you know, it, it's communication. That's key for everything. Um, more accessories. So we'll be doing a lot more accessories during this phase. And I'll actually, I'll take out secondary work just because I don't think we need to be as specific with the barbell movements as much. Um, usually I'll have like a variation, a main movement in, um, and then I'll have a bunch of accessories and they're all things, it'll be maybe like a dumbbell press on a bench day, um, but it's paired with a bunch of other stuff. We're super setting it. We're getting a lot of volume in. Um, so it's more accessories, not really any secondary stuff for that initial phase. Um, and then again, more frequency or less less frequency. Even in, in the instance of Trey, he wanted he needed less less frequency, right? That's just what he needed. Someone might want more frequency, and maybe I'll be like, "Hey, we really need to work on this. Let's add it another day if you can handle it. Uh, it doesn't have to be long, but we'll get something in." Some people like to train more; they're at the gym already. Whatever. I also work with um, like our instance, our athlete Darrell. He's he's coach a football player, so I'm sure he's around the gym all the time. Um, so. You know, it's something to him if he wants to hit some extra back shit or something like that. He can do that, you know. Um, he's okay with training five, six days. He's has access to that. Someone who's coming home from work, doesn't have the time, doesn't have a home gym. Maybe they got to get the commercial gym. They don't got time to spend two, three hours messing around in the gym. Um, and uh, to get into the last one here, unless you think of anything narrow, so I forgot, but... Um, conditioning that would be huge during this period too so even if your goals aren't weight loss this would be the time where i program in conditioning stuff like um you know and i'm not going to be super specific with them to say get your heart rate up pretty much incline treadmill go out push a sled um you know ropes if you have it do, do something because it's going to be the time when uh, you're going to want to build up your work capacity everything we're doing is to build up work capacity your ability to recover um you know and that means we got to build your heart too um you know so you don't want to continue to be a fat ass that can't recover during this phase too because then you're really going to be a fat ass that can't recover when you're trying to get ready for the meet and that's that's not good i think down season just in general is a good uh a good time to work on general health. So it's like the yeah, hurting, so. the mobility issues, obviously conditioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Because when you're in the peak, you kind of like sucks things, suck things up. You know, my elbow hurts today, but you know, yeah, whatever. You can't, uh, you can't add in a bunch of, like you can't go run sprints in your middle of the peaking phase. I mean, you got, maybe you got heavy ass squats the next day. You need all your energy for that. You need to be recovered. 
You know, there's just less you can do, less leeway. You really got to make sure you recover because you are handling high-intense weight. And like Elvis said, you're probably beat up. You're probably beat up at that point. I'd be surprised if you weren't feeling bumps and bruises at that point. You know, everyone's got them. So uh, you really need that extra recovery time because it's just a lot. It's a lot of stress on your body. Um, all right, well, that's, well, that's all I got written down here. That's all I got, folks. Um, done deal. That's all I got to say today. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. Um, <laughs> we got any comments coming in for questions? Um, anyone's watching, we got time for questions. I'm going to take a pause for the cause and a sip for the working man. Sip of coffee for the working man. All right, guys. Um, until any questions roll in, if we have another questions, so let me know after they're over. But um, I want to tell you real quick about our VIP membership. All right. Don't turn off the dial. All right. It's really important because you're going to want to hear the benefits of the VIP membership here. All right. This membership included program templates. Okay. If you want to join our VIP group, those programs that you see on bigbenches.com, six-week bench program, eight-week bench program, peaking program for shirted lifters, all that is available free to you for being part of our group. All right. Not only that, but you're going to receive 50% off the entire website and 50% off our online course. Uh, that's a whole other thing in itself. You can see all those tabs on bigbenches.com. That's a great offering. The online course worked our asses off this summer in the heat, filming 40 plus videos of technique for you guys. But, um, the VIP membership, you can slash that price in half. Uh, so it's like 50 bucks to join the online course if you're part of this group. Uh, you know, you can post your videos. You're going to get technical feedback. So if you cannot invest in our full coaching program, um, and I understand many cannot, all right, you need to become a part of this group because if you are struggling and you just need some help, you're going to be able to post frequently, and myself and those in the group are fantastic, giving you directions. All right, got a great community. Everyone's helping each other out. All right, um, you're going to want to get involved with this. Okay, it's like you're joining the team. I really try to make it a team atmosphere. We're adding some awesome stuff. I'm going to start filming pretty much like live shows each month for our VIP members. I really try to take care of these people as best as I can. All right, and. You know, you're probably thinking this has got to be a decent chunk of change, but I'm trying to make this as affordable to anyone. So it's just $9.99 a month. All right. And if you want to opt out, you opt out, but I think you're going to want to stay. Check out the VIP membership group on the website, bigbenches.com. All right. And that's a wrap. That is it. That's a wrap, guys. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. I wanted to start off the podcast reading out an iTunes review because if you are nice enough to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, then I would be nice enough to shout you out on the podcast and say thank you. So I'm going over to the BenchCast. I'm checking out some of our reviews here. All right, last one was from Ryan. This guy is called Fat Guy Fitness. Appreciate this guy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the that's weird. The header is Fat Guy Fitness, and it's Sama Sama five star review. Thanks, Sama. All right, and he says 
ever since the PowerCast got shut down, ooh, I haven't had anywhere to get my fitness talk. Really good mix of some fun talk and good info. These guys aren't jerking anyone off. That's true, we aren't. This is a quality podcast. Thanks for your review there, Shama. Um, Five-star review. Appreciate it, buddy. And... Um, yeah, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, we will sh- shout you out for sure. And, uh, you know, big thank you to you guys. All right, thanks for listening. This has been the Bench Cast.